0: Welcome back to the Upper Room Family Podcast. This is uh, episode number four, I believe, um, joined again with uh, the Upper Room guys. Welcome back. Um, just, you know, if you're new or you're just catching on to this, this is uh, going to be on the Sabbath rest part two. Um, excited for that and just really want to thank everybody who's listened so far, who's reached out, who's said something nice to Myself or one of us about what we're trying to accomplish here. Uh, I think that it's really um, it's really been fun to uh, hear some feedback and just know that it's um, blessing you or challenging you to think differently about your faith. Um, That's really the goal here. Uh, Our mission is to equip families to pursue God's design for discipleship, community and dynasty. Uh, But before we get started, we've got to pay for this podcast somehow. And so, if you're like me and you're concerned about inflation, <laughs> invest in gold and silver. I mean, it's biblical, right, Zion? <laughs> yep, definitely.
1: Especially, like, you see, like, a lot of people look at it in the context of, like, if I can bury it, it's, like, safer than the bank.
0: Jesus had a parable and, about
1: that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, with, like, the one talent, the guy went, Jesus <laughs> it all. he went and he buried his talent. And so, it's scriptural, it's supported, it's...
0: That's right. So, you know, if you're really,
1: concerned,
0: really take scripture, you're face really value, concerned right? about about your your finances, go ahead and invest in gold and silver. This is not financial advice, but go ahead and buy gold and silver. bury it in the backyard so no one could ever find it. And you are following scripture.
2: I, I hope you just skipped through all of that. All of our lessons out there. <laughs> we got to pay for this stuff. Nobody's paying
0: me to do that. But... Uh, I don't know where you buy the gold and silver. You find your own place. Uh, We just wanted to start with a little lightheartedness. Um, I just, (laughs) oh, it's fun. Uh, But yeah, if you uh, skipped right through, that was uh, Micah's (laughs) opinion this morning that we should just skip right through that. Let's get into it. Uh, So let's get into it here. Um, Camuel, you had a great uh, verse that I wanted to start with. uh, Leviticus 23, verse 3. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord in all your dwelling places. Um, Today, I wanted to just continue our discussion on Sabbath rest uh, part two and really discuss some practical applications uh, from a family perspective, from a couple single guys perspective. What do those rhythms of rest look like? how do we delight and worship on the sabbath how do we make sure that that day is set aside to do no work and to keep it holy as unto the lord so that's our question today and i'm going to let these guys start us off with something what do you guys think
1: yeah one thing to keep in our forefront as we discuss the topic that i was thinking about was the heart behind the matter cuz we're going to talk a lot of, about a lot of practical implications today and practical things that steps that you can take and things that you can do to focus on God and to improve that time to worship him but one thing that Jesus was addressing with the Pharisees is he said in Matthew 23 23 woe to you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites for you tithe mint dill and cumin cumin and you neglect the greater matters of the law and so also, of the greater measure of the law of justice, mercy, and faithfulness. And then in Micah 6, 8, he says, But you, O man, know what is good, what does the Lord require of you, but to seek justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And so I think that's a principle that's important to keep in mind. That's our goal. We're going to have practical implications. They might be different for your family, but the heart behind the matter is how can we seek justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God? And then one practical thing that I think in living out your life to enrich your Sabbath is it's clear almost every time that I know of in Scripture when it talks of the Sabbath as an instructive way, it talks about like six days you labor and do your work. And then the seventh is a Sabbath. And if you don't have those six days of labor, if you don't have those six days of hard work, then you can't enjoy your rest, your Sabbath. So it's those six days of getting up early, grinding, working hard, building, and working like a man. And then that seventh day is a sweet rest, sweet celebration, sweet time for worship if you are faithful in working hard those other six days.
3: Yeah, what I see Zion saying is it's a question, in some respect, it's a question of contrast and it's a question of how humans were designed and if we look at the creation structure and the natural law that god put in place we see that sabbath was made for the man not man made for the sabbath and basically zion's saying he's calling he's saying men this is a heart issue and men want to be we're called to a standard we're called to provide for our families because he who does not provide for his family well is worth worse than an unbeliever and work was instituted like right at the beginning. So if you look at the creation order, not only did God say we're called to work and rest as a liturgy that's supposed to, be a, a supposed to be applied to our lives, God instituted work for Adam. He gave him the garden to work and tend for. And I think as men, especially just this podcast right now is currently four men sitting around this table and the amount of satisfaction and the amount of just kingdom significance men can have from work, I can speak from personal experience, like the ability to create order, structure, and beauty in our life through like hard work is something that is truly divine. And I think it's a physical manifestation of the truth of the world and how God designed men to work. And so in this conversation, it is ultimately like, what does that look like while balancing the goodness of work, and the goodness of ultimately rest and God's structure.
0: So if I hear you right, Zion, what I took from what you said was that if our other six days are filled with laziness or being lethargic, not putting our full selves out in our work, uh, not being fully dedicated to working those six days, that you can't fully appreciate the Sabbath because there's elements of Sabbath thrown into those other six days where you could have been working, but you decided to sit on the couch. You decided to rest instead of going out and doing that extra little bit. And so when that Sabbath day comes, you're still thinking about the work that you still have to do because you chose to not do it in those six days. So now you're thinking about it on the Sabbath. Did I... Is that just something that made up or is that what you were trying to to hear you correctly? That's
1: definitely a good summary of,
0: yeah. That's interesting. That's a good perspective.
2: I think to tie on what what Zion said, I think he would agree with this, is that, you know, the Christian faith is a hard issue faith. It is uh, like he was, that's what he was communicating as well. And we realize people have different capacities. So if you're hearing that, you, you know, like you're at a, at a certain capacity, health wise or just mental wise, whatever it may be. And like you need you need some downtime every day just to work at capacity every day, just to be a man that can really get out there and grind the next day. Don't hear us say that, oh my goodness, how dare you? How dare you have an hour of downtime? Like you should you should have invested that hour. Otherwise your Sabbath rest is useless. We're not nobody is saying that. So you you know your capacity, know your walk with God, and uh, the, I think it is very biblical, very scriptural to work hard, work hard, in those six days that way. That Sabbath rest is is a joy, and because, as Kemp says, it's a it's life of contrast. Like if if you don't have much contrast in your life, you you're really not working and resting. You're you're kind of in the middle all the time, and that's not. That's a very lukewarm, muddled existence, and I think God has something higher for us. He has, hey, let's get after it, and let's let's wait on Him, rest in Him, in, the, in those other hours as well. Hmm. I think um,
0: the other thing I'm I'm struck with during that conversation, I think that's I've never heard really heard it explained that way, Zion. So I appreciate appreciate that so much. Um, what I think I'm hearing too is like everyone in, in business and in in our work is, you know, big buzzword, like work-life balance, right. And just having this balance. But, you know, I think sometimes that balance might be on a weekly or a monthly scale, not an everyday scale. And so, you know, there might be, you know, you're going to have six days of hard work, you know, with some rest, obviously you have to sleep and, you know, have dinner with family or whatever, but, um, you know, you're putting in a good solid day's effort of the heart into that work and then resting where I think so much of our culture says I need to have work-life balance I can only work eight hours a day I can only work seven and a half hours a day Um, you know and then the rest needs to be for me so that I can have this work-life balance that's been sold to me Um, I just don't know if that's attainable or a realistic expectation of what um, work and rest should look like from a biblical perspective.
3: To expound off of, Dave, what you're saying, what is like the, my question is just like, what I think about is like, what is the goal of this? And it's like ultimately a God, a rightly ordered household is like what we're getting at here. And the reality is you have to be able to show up like for your family emotionally and obviously financially provide for them. But a lot of people operate at red lines so much that they never can emotionally, like they get so much achieved in the financial world, or like just the American success world, and they emotionally leave their families in the dust. And I think that men, like when you're working, you should operate to the best of your abilities. But the reality is if you 24 seven, if you operate at red line, just to achieve, like, we're not talking about laziness anymore. But if you're like, so dedicated, you operate at red line so much that your engine blows up, like the relationships in your life, Will break, and to what all of you guys are saying, one of the things I constantly like have on my mind during the week is like when I get home from work and I have like things to do, and I sit down and I have the option to like do nothing or to get up and do something that needs to be done. I'm like I can push because I know that Sunday is a day that I will be resting, and I can take like a nap. I'll be worshiping, and I'm not gonna be intellectually and physically um just exerting myself Mm -hmm. to that max so i can get up during the week six days and i think it's very i think men can get up consistently for six days and pour their heart out for what they need to when they have hope because without like without vision people perish so if you have like it's almost like you have hope at the end of the week that you're gonna be communing with your lord and you're gonna be resting well and so you can get up more consistently and put in that work because there's light at the end of the tunnel in a way so Mm -hmm. That encourages me a lot throughout the week.
1: And one thing to go off what Kemal said earlier and what Mister Russell said, he was talking about the there being a contrast from your life to the Sabbath. And one practical thing that I think you guys should try this week Mm -hmm. is on on the Sabbath, on Sunday, to avoid technology Mm -hmm. because. The goal of it is to commune with God and to commune with your family. And one thing that technology does is it's a tool, but it can be a distraction. It can take your emotional energy and it can use it up so that you no longer have it to give to your family. And so I know some people in our community that every Sunday they give up all technology in the form of like internet or an iPhone or any of that. And I think that that can have, if you just try it this Sunday, tomorrow, tomorrow, Well, you guys are going to be hearing this on Monday, but uh, if you try that, I think you might be surprised with how much more space it gives you. And you may actually have more conflict because you're actually with your family. But when when Jesus says in John 17, he prays for all the people that will ever believe in him. And what does he pray? He prays that they would be one as him and the father are one. And so if we aren't together as a family, if... As fathers in the home, as leaders in the home, if dads, you aren't setting the standard for your home to be in fellowship, especially on Sunday, then who else is going to do it? And how else is it going to start that Christian community can begin to unite as one and be of one mind, one spirit, one Lord and one baptism?
0: So what are so I think that's good practical application. Um, So. No technology Sundays um, as an option, uh, an idea for you all to think about what as a couple single guys across the table from a couple old married guys, uh, <laughs> what other rhythms or practices like two or three that besides technology that you've really felt have been beneficial
3: to, um, to a Sabbath rest? One of the things I try to do and I've tried to incorporate this lately I'm just a caveat, like it's, I want to be like real on this podcast and allow you to like look into our lives. And we're not perfect as we talk through, we're talking, sometimes we talk in ideals. And so this is my ideal. I'm not perfect in this, but because I'm human and ultimately I'm trying to be like sanctified and work with like the reality of the world. Um, But one thing that I try to incorporate is to rid myself of exterior distractions because I still do have a family, though I'm single. And so that involves at this time of my life, like schoolwork and just like jobs I have going on during the week. Just make very intentional decisions throughout the week to have to rid yourself of exterior just communication and correspondence. And therefore, I alleviate that burden and I can fully allow my mind to exist with like in reality, in time and space. And so that's something that I practically try to do to be able to focus on God and the people I'm around. Just eliminate that.
1: One thing I think that Dave is talking about, like liturgies or like rhythms that you could have on Sabbath. And one quick thing that we have, it's definitely not a liturgy or a rhythm in my life, but I see a ton of value in that. And I think it could have a ton of fruit if it starts, is on Sunday, just reading, like read the, either the dad reading to his kids or an older brother reading to his siblings, spending that time to read, expand their minds, just spend that time where i think it can be really rich because the times i have done it it has been rich and so i think that's a possible another option that could be a liturgy that you start Mm
0: -hmm. so not reading for the purpose of knowledge but just reading for leisure and for enjoyment to get yeah into a story or just spending time with your sister you know, lathy on your lap or something, and reading her a story and seeing her mm-hmm. delight in spending that time together is more I think what you're saying, right just that you can have your sister just and so enjoy that moment that it's a delight to her and restful and I can just see you guys sitting on that couch, you know, and just reading some goofy story right but it's <laughs> it's uh yeah that's that's beautiful.
2: I, um, I'm going to go backwards before I go forwards. I've been waiting a long time to say something, guys. Keep talking and talking. Um, Sorry. <laughs> I was with you. Um, for for work, I think in my mind, I'm very – especially I think a lot of male minds, we're very just – we put things in categories, and we like neat little categories. And so when we think of work, work is just making something of this world. Come, You just find it really well earlier, just bring order, creativity, beauty to this world. Um, we can – It's easy for me to be like, well, I have my job that I go to. That's my work. And then I come home, and now I'm not working. And that's not true. Like when I get home, there's a lot of work to be done with my family. Mm, Not that it's not enjoyable. Work is a good thing. Work is not a curse. (laughs) Work is a a very good thing. And I need to be busy at home. And one thing that I'm very guilty of is, uh, I think, what science said with uh, get rid of technology on Sundays, yeah, technology is it has robbed me and i'm guilty of just going to technology like oh this i need i need a break i've had a hard day at work i need to unwind i need to be on some device to maybe reconnect with people on these devices or whatever and it it doesn't fulfill and it robs me of time with my family it robs me of that opportunity to work with my family to, to connect with them to develop them to shepherd them well as a father and as a husband. And so I think, you know, we work all week, even when we get home, even when we get home, there's, there's work to be done. So, um, I think that's a good message for me to hear and hopefully for somebody else to hear. Uh, and then my tidbit for, uh, Sabbath rest on Sundays. Uh, one thing I think it's really important to do is to think about your Saturday night, uh, the day before right. we, we meet on Sunday morning. Uh, if if, you can be spent on Sunday morning because of what you did Saturday. If you mm. just go on red line right till midnight and then it's like, well, how do you enjoy being with people? Cause you're exhausted and you're, you're so tired that you can't worship God with your whole heart. Cause you're just in a cloud. So I think it's, it's there's some wisdom and I'm not going to sit down a certain rule, but there's certain wisdom to what you do with your Saturday night to prepare for, uh, to really enjoy worshiping the Lord, being with others and I guess a final thing, now that I have the mic, let's go, is uh, <laughs> um, I, we we one thing we do on Sundays is we do games, and like we just have somebody different in our family pick the games. This Sunday is my turn to pick, so I'm pretty excited about that. But we'll, we'll pick a family game to do together. Sometimes it's Blitzball outside. Sometimes it's board games inside. But it's we do something as a family. Uh, and that's just a tradition we have to uh, uh, purposely be together as a family, so.
0: That's good. Yeah, we have um, <laughs> we have struggled with implementing rhythms uh, on Sundays uh, we, the last two weeks. Again, you know, here's our authentic selves to the podcast. Uh, a little bit of woke culture going there, but uh, <laughs> oh, oh, gotta, bring, gotta bring your authentic self. Um, you know, but we've we've attempted to have. And I think this is good practical advice. If, if you're trying to go no tech like all day and you are heavily invested in that as a family already, that's a big lever to pull. Uh, so we've started instituting like our entire afternoon is tech free. So once we get mm-hmm. home from church, we're together as a family. Uh, we're not watching movies. We're not on our devices. Um we have a, another class that Julie and I uh, go to in the evenings. And so when we get back from that class, we break that, that, um, tech rule and we, you know, put on like a family show or something for about 30 minutes. Um, so that's just been one practical way that we've begun to change the narrative of our household. And I think that can be really important. If you're, um, looking to implement something, uh, you, You don't necessarily have to go full tilt, you know, pedal to the metal to implement a change, but just start with something and see how that uh, goes. The first Sunday was torture for my kids. They Mm. had no idea Mm. what to do. They're like, we're so bored and, you know, we're giving them options. And then after about 30 minutes of that, I look outside and they're, you know, they're outside playing with a football just throwing it up in the air to themselves. Right. And then somebody, (laughs) one of the other kids joined them and suddenly now they're playing catch. And, um, you know, you have to struggle through some of that, especially if it's a new concept. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're, we're working on that. Any other advice before we close out, uh, (laughs) Sabbath rest part two, maybe we need to keep going with this series, but, uh, I think we could have a lot to say. I would just say if you're curious about the Sabbath, um, Hebrews chapter 4, uh, you know, towards the latter end, really just talks about entering God's rest. And, uh, you know, verse uh, verse 8 and 9 says, For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken to another um, to another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for whoever has entered God's rest and also rested from his works as God did from his. Um, I think that's just really important for me at this season of life, especially where I'm just being um, really convicted of, of not spending enough time in God's rest. Um, And I think once you've experienced God's rest, I think it's something that you long for even more deeply and nothing else can compare or compete with that rest and that, that time. And so it becomes an easy decision to make to um to just be in God's presence. So that's all that I would say on that.
3: Yeah, I would say obviously one thing I just wanna make sure we mention is like the prerequisite to this conversation is that us as believers we could gather in the body and like gather to push back like the gates of hell and darkness every Sunday. So in this context, we're talking about what does that look like practically? And the given is that we're with the body of Christ, worshiping the Lord on his day that he rose. So,
0: yeah. Amen. Mm -hmm. Anything anybody else wants to get off their chest? Good. Wanted to give you the mic opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, uh, as we wind this thing down, uh, my prayer is that you just continue to um, continue to challenge yourself, uh, evaluate your rhythms, evaluate your priorities, uh, just really uh, study the Word for yourself uh, with a pastor, a local pastor. Uh, this podcast is not designed to be a supplement or to be a, a replacement, but rather a supplement mm-hmm. for your own Christian walk in your own community. Uh, I would love to build an upper room family community. I think that would be great. Um, but the most valuable community is on that local level. So get involved in your local church. Find a local body where you can do life with and um, put on the full armor of God. Keep those shields up. And Mm invest in
1: gold.